guys, I understand it. Rectangle of mediocrity. Wow, Craig, that was some outstanding stuff. How does it tie in? You sound like a real nerd. I'm grooving. Now I'm going off on a rant. Our guests are the meat to our stale bread. It is another edition of the Channel Partners Podcast, Copy with Craig and Kevin. I am the Craig in that equation, executive editor of Channel Partners and Channel Features, Craig Galbraith. Joining me, as always, the man we call the Jack Nicholson of the channel, a proven winner, our director of business development, Mr. Kevin Morris. Kevin, how are you? Oh, wow, Craig. That is one of the kindest introductions you've ever given me. I don't know if it's true, but I'll take it. Just super thankful. You know, I wonder if this is as good as it gets. But, uh, but, <laughs> you can't uh, handle the truth, buddy. You can't handle the truth. You know, I think you're just being super nice to me because we are podcast brothers, as they say. And, and with Valentine's Day coming up, I, I do detect a love song montage. And, you know, I think we got to let everyone know that's listening how much we love and appreciate our beloved casties, as we call them. No doubt, that is the true reason for the use of the love song montage. So, buddy, did you catch any of the Oscars last weekend? You know, we did. Uh, the family and I took in the Oscars. Uh, I thought it was really good. It was good to see a Korean film take home most of the honors, Parasite. Uh, so now, of course, the entire family is dying to see it, except for my daughter, because she doesn't like, uh, it seems like it might be a little scary, or at least a thriller. So yeah. that's not really her bag, but uh, good to see that. A lot of interesting speeches. Uh, how about you? What did you think? Yeah, I'd like to see Parasite, but my only issue with it is having to uh, read all the subtitles. You know, my attention span. You know how that goes. It's hard to get through an hour and a half, two-hour movie, and now i got to read it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, you could <laughs> learn Korean, and then uh, you could watch it regularly. Ah, ah, now that's a good idea, but somehow I think it would take me a little longer to actually learn the Korean language than to watch a, a movie and, and read the subtitles. So I'm having second thoughts there. Yeah, and I, and I got to say, Craig, I think Bong Joon-ho was like the hugest winner of the night, obviously, not just for the awards, but he seems like a really cool guy and a lot of fun and humble. So, uh, you know, someone you definitely want to be around. Maybe we can get him to come to the show. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Him or Joaquin Phoenix. I personally, of all the movies I saw this past year, I think Joker was probably the best. It was uh, quite dark. And as Kevin always likes to warn our listeners out there, not one for the kiddies. But uh, that was a, a tremendous film, I thought. For sure. I'm going to disagree with you slightly. I thought it was pretty good, but I definitely thought Joaquin was amazing in it. He, he was really, really good. Don't ever disagree with me even slightly again. <laughs> I, I apologize, sir. <laughs> well, so what, what were we supposed to be talking about here? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that, that makes a great segue, Craig, because since we've been talking about awards, it might be a good time to bring up the various awards we are handing out at the upcoming, wait for it, Channel Partners Conference and Expo in Las Vegas. Man, we are just a little more than three weeks away now. Our team feels like Santa Claus putting the finishing touches on all the presents for the good little girls and boys. <laughs> That's for sure, Craig. So why don't you go ahead and tell us 
about some of those goodies, my friend. It is a triad, a triumvirate, a trifecta, if you will, of awards extravaganzas at the big show. It starts with the Partner Awards on Tuesday night, March 10th. We will welcome partner attendees to the Excellence in Digital Services and Channel Influencer Networking Awards reception. Kind of mouthful, but hey, it's solid. That's happening at the Tau Opium Room. There we will honor 10 partner companies as recipients of the 2020 Excellence in Digital Services Awards. They'll take home an award name for this podcast, Digital Services Robot Mascot, a Digi Award. Thanks to their efforts delivering outstanding business outcomes for their customers. Oh, and one special award will go out to our Digi Master. Applications for these awards were judged by members of the Channel Partners editorial team, industry analysts, and friends of the brand. Now, if you want to be on that stage next year, Check out the landing page for this podcast on Channel Partners Online. We will offer up a link for more information on this most excellent awards program. Excellent, I tell you, Kevin. Excellent. It does sound excellent, Craig. It's going to be a phenomenal time, my friend, uh, except for the fact that I have to watch Digi get talked about a lot. I mean, obviously, that pains me and, you know, really gets me upset. You little- but other than that, <laughs> seeing the awesome partners and, and hearing about all the great things they're doing for the end-user businesses is always a good time. Sign me up for that. You also mentioned, Craig, that our influencers are part of that reception as well? Yes, sir. It is the third year of our Channel Influencers program, so we will recognize 10 Channel Influencers as identified by our editorial team as well as our Channel Influencer of the Year. And if I'm recalling correctly, our influencer has been a big name in the past. This ain't no small potatoes award, Kevin. The past two years, we've recognized Microsoft Channel Chief Gabriella Schuster, as well as Channel Titan and former Verizon Channel Chief Janet Shines. So who is it this year? Are we going to break the news on Coffee with Craig and Kevin? (sighs) No, but we are going to break news about the breaking news. Huh? That should be our tagline. We don't what? break news. What should be our tagline, Craig? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> no, not that. The tagline should be, we don't break news, but we can tell you when it's going to break. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's like we're ahead of the curve in the curve. Wow. <laughs> the annual Channel Partners Channel Influencer of the Year digital issue goes live on Channel Partners Online Wednesday, February 19th. That's where our Channel Influencer of the Year, as well as the rest of our influencers, will be unveiled. We'll also break down the top business trends, technologies, and companies to watch in 2020. I've seen the issue, Kevin. It's going to blow your mind. Okay, now you're finally starting to make sense. I mean, that's a real change. And if I'm correct... We're going to present the Influencer of the Year recipient with his or her award on the keynote stage at the Channel Partners Conference and Expo on March 11th. You are correct, sir! But that's not all for the awards. Tell the people a little about the Circle of Excellence. Oh, yes. The the circle will never get in because we're stuck in the rectangle of mediocrity. Uh, Let's get on this. All right. (laughs) While there's tons of hoopla around the awards you discussed, Craig, Channel Partners Circle of Excellence honorees are recognized in a more intimate setting. We'll honor them and special guests at an invite-only dinner to take place the evening of March 11th at a fine dining establishment in Las Vegas. Yeah, we don't we do not do reads. We're not letting you know what that fine dining establishment is. The Circle of Excellence is now in its seventh year. Seventh! 
and we're not in it. Can you believe that, Craig? I remember every one of those yummy meals, Kevin. Why wouldn't you, buddy? Why wouldn't you? The COE recognizes channel executives for their vision, innovation, and advocacy of the indirect channel during a time of transition and convergence. All of these award winners will converge on the Channel Partners Conference and Expo in a few short weeks, my friend. These top execs, partners, and influencers are the people who really drive the channel and perhaps most importantly, help keep you and me employed. Consider a world without this podcast. (laughs) It would be bleak indeed. Right now I'm envisioning one of those mini futuristic apocalyptic type scenes portrayed in Hollywood time and time again. No doubt. Also bleak is the look on our listeners' faces who are more than ready to hear from our first guest. And you don't need an oracle to know who that is, Craig. Wow. In a nutshell, unfortunately, that joke symbolizes what this podcast is all about. <laughs> That's for sure. It's, it's all about the fact that our guests are the only thing that carry us through this thing. And I'm not ashamed, brother. All right, Kevin, my pleasure to welcome into the coffee house Gary Levy, who is Vice President of Worldwide Alliances and Channels with Oracle Communications, as well as George Just, Vice President of Worldwide SD-WAN Sales with Oracle. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us. You bet. Glad to be here. You know, I wanted to start things off. Obviously, everyone in our audience has heard of Oracle, but Oracle maybe hasn't been seen in this market so much as a channel-centric company. Uh, Gary, why don't you get us started and tell us maybe what's different now? Sure. So, you know, our SD-WAN practice sits within Oracle Communications, which already has a really strong channel from our industry-leading session delivery uh, SBC business. Uh, In the past 12 months, we've actually strengthened our program with some leadership additions to the channel. Uh, And I think I would probably best answer this question in three distinct motions of why and how we've enhanced the channel program at Oracle. Number one is our investment in tools. So this year we made some investments and created programs to accelerate the quoting process and lead flow for our partners to increase their sale velocity uh, and have really worked hard with our franchises, our you know territory franchises to enable the relationships and expand the relationships with our partner ecosystem. That partner ecosystem has expanded. Uh, our SD-WAN business alone has recruited over 100 new partners worldwide as Oracle Communications. And we've expanded the MSP offers across the globe as well to accommodate different markets as we see them playing out throughout the world. The most important, I think, has been the value-driven enablement, which we've already expanded our very our strong session delivery enablement program to include SD-WAN implementation. So our partners can provide a full end-to-end value proposition. So unlike legacy carrier programs where they were developed to answer, let's say, a prior market, our enablement program is really helping our partners to provide customers freedom from the carriers and play an integral part in bringing control of their network back to the customers. And this is a philosophy that is driven from the top down across all our sellers, not only in our communications business unit, but it's also expanding throughout other parts of Oracle. Gary, that's great stuff. It sounds like I could use Oracle because I keep trying to get control back of this podcast network from Craig, but his name always shows up first on the marquee. Never going to (laughs) happen. And that's probably a good thing. Well, kicking things over to you, George, of course, there's a lot of talk of application aware in edge computing. What effect does SD-WAN have on applications and what specifically does Oracle do that is different and app fluent? 
Yeah, thanks. There's a couple of things. So one is, you know, the the acquisition of of Talari Networks is is how Oracle came uh, into the SD WAN space, but we haven't just sat with that and and, and left it alone. So one of the things that that Talari uh, pioneered was was a fail-safe reliability level within networking. So to be network aware, uh, to use that term, the technology was as network aware as possible, uh, more so than than a lot of uh, even carriers would say they're aware of their own network and how things are happening. So to, to pair that with now an application awareness is one thing, but then to take it to the next level and to truly make it app fluent. If you look at what Oracle represents, Oracle's, you know, in, in in a top tier, you know, a top one, two, or three in applications, in enterprise applications. It's it's a top uh, one, two, or three in, in cloud. It's a dominant player in so many environments. And when you you marry that to being as network aware with the technology as you can be, you, you truly get app fluent. So in a multi-cloud environment, how do I make sure that something is secure and reliable without just being application aware? There are other technologies that are out there that say, hey, I'm application aware of the application screams that's having a problem, I go try to figure out a solution. But what we're doing is, is to say the application has to perform as good as possibly can. So we're going to look to what the application needs through the network and solve the network problems before the application is aware that there is a problem. And, and that's truly what app fluency uh, encompasses. So, so to make sure that the user experience is is such that they think the, the network is always up, always reliable, uh, always secure, always operating the way the application needs to operate. We use a, a term a lot, of, a lot of folks talk about, you know, uh, the, the, we, we sell at layer seven, right? We sell at the, the application layer. We, we take it a step further and, and, you know, I like to say we're selling at layer eight. So the, the user response to how the application is performing is really the measure of how well your network and solution is performing. So if you're not app fluent, and by that your applications aren't working for the users that are using them, you're really not hitting the mark. And that's what our partners can experience with us, and they make sure that their customer satisfaction is extraordinarily high, and this stuff gets uh, gets sticky, and they continue to uh, to broaden their reach with inside those uh, enterprises. And George, you started to touch on it just a little bit. I wanted to talk about security. Uh, you really have to discuss it when you're talking about the cloud, when you're talking about network. Uh, we've got an upcoming security track, an entire track dedicated, in fact, to security at the Channel Partners Conference and Expo next month. I wanted to ask you, uh, how do you handle security in a multi-cloud world? Several ways that you can approach it. Folks, you know, kind of come down on different levels depending on maybe what the, the their technology supports. So, what I think is important is is to take as given that you're going to be in a multi-cloud environment. To, so, to say my cloud security in this cloud is superior doesn't necessarily apply to what the network might be experiencing or that network deployer might be experiencing because they're using a multi-cloud type of solution. So while the solution uh, security solution might work over here, it doesn't necessarily work over there. The other camp would say, well, let's just lock down every edge and let's assume every edge is connected to an unsecure network and therefore we're going to load all the security at the edge everywhere. That's obviously a way you can do it as well. There's a couple of things that play into that. Uh, one would be cost and ease of deployment and everything else. And it's not, maybe not feasible to do it quite that way, to have a, a full-on secure uh, next-gen firewall at you know a, a given retail outlet or something. Maybe it doesn't make sense to have it uh, architected that way. In the architecture, there's several ways to approach it. But if you don't have a truly fail-safe, secure transport, Right, and, and I'm talking about in the SD WAN space, 
to be able to make sure that your uh, traffic that's going across both secure and insecure networks is secure in and of itself, um, you haven't accomplished what you need to accomplish for rolling this out successfully. So when we look at it, we say that because we know that our SD-WAN overlay network is 100% secure, no matter what transport, what cloud, and what application, that as a given can then flow into any of those architectures seamlessly. So if you have uh, some clouds that are using a, a more of a cloud security system or some parts of your network that are, or if you're running everything through next-gen firewalls, we're going to work either way. And that's really to be able to, to seamlessly move between those and across those in a secure fashion is really what you have to look at when you're positioning things for your customers. I'm sure the partners love to hear that because as Craig and I often say on this podcast, Craig, as you know, security is part of every sale. Part of every sale. That's for sure. <laughs> That's what we keep trying to teach these folks. So uh, well done. Gary, back to you. There are so many SD-WAN vendors out there and many channel offers to attract partners. We, of course, know about this at Channel Partners because Oracle is going to be part of our upcoming SD-WAN Thunderdome. Um, hopefully, Tina Turner will make an appearance this time. But he's just a raggedy man. Can you give us a little glimpse here, Gary, and tell us what sets Oracle apart from the rest of these vendors? Great question, and would love to see Tina. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> as you mentioned, you know, the WAN optimization is about that application fluency, the integration with some of the widest used applications in the market, like Oracle ERP, NetSuite, Microsoft, et cetera. We help partners differentiate themselves from their competitors with the greater Oracle vertical integration stories, the financial programs to support that. And then of course, each of our franchises or territories, as I mentioned earlier, in their model, we've got dedicated channel and enablement support because that enablement is so important as you're looking to sell these complex and secure applications. But let's face it, partners want to earn a lot of money with a low touch transaction cost and with, well, some pretty close to zero churn over the course of a contract. So not only have we brought that to the table with our current partner program, we've enhanced it with our agent program, and we're going to announce an enhancement to our offer at Channel Partners in our VIP session, which is on Wednesday, the 11th of March at 1030. Uh, and we're pretty confident that one, this will change the game when it comes to earning opportunities and especially around the timing of commissions and the competitive solutions with Oracle SD-WAN. Number two, I believe the customer financial offers that we're gonna to provide to our partners will enhance the partner economics and really help the current realities that they face when they transition to the cloud with their customers. And an offer that most importantly relieve the partner of the customer retention and financial implications that go along with that. So I'll tease it a little bit, but these enhancements, whether you're an MSP, a VAR, or an agent, a worldwide business development team, an inside sales organization, is here and focused to help bringing those opportunities to the partner community. So a bunch of announcements that'll come at our VIP session, some real exciting times with some of our partners and MSPs that we're working with, but again, being a top three player in enterprise business cloud applications, add in the relationship that we have with Microsoft, you know, these enterprises are integrating all their business systems with their network, as George mentioned, and we already have the best technology integrated for secure multi-cloud digital transformation environments as the customer needs. But with Oracles and our partners, we really differentiate ourselves from the point solution providers, and I believe 
that financially and speed of process and our sales team, we are going to make a difference and really change this game moving forward. That for sure was a great teaser, Gary. I think he's got this media thing down pat, Kevin. Maybe maybe we should go with Coffee with Craig and Gary. What, what do you think? Well, then fine. Then we'll have breakfast with George and Kevin. I mean, it's not a problem for me. <laughs> Dang it. And, and, and I'm gonna, I've already invited Tina Turner to be my plus one at the Thunderdome. So oh my gosh. This, this I'm, I'm totally not wearing the wig, George. No way. <laughs> George has the edge then because she runs the Thunderdome, as we all know. <laughs> That's right. Just bring simply your best, George. That's all I could ask. <laughs> well, Gary, George, thanks so much for your time today. We appreciate you getting us caught up on everything happening with Oracle and in Oracle's channel. And we're very thankful that you'll be there at the Channel Partners Conference and Expo discussing everything we've talked about today and participating in the sessions, uh, VIP, SD-WAN, Thunderdome, and everything else that you'll be doing at the show. So thank you for that. Great. Thank you, guys. You bet. Thanks for having us. All right. Thanks so care. much. As always, Craig, great stuff from Gary and George with Oracle. You know, a lot to hear about SD-WAN there, that's for sure. They're going to be so active at the Channel Partners Conference and Expo, many opportunities to catch up with them and learn more about what they're doing. Network security, Oracle, Kevin, has really evolved over the years. Great to see them really turning their attention to the channel, something that's no doubt music to the ears of partners in our audience. For sure, Craig. So I have to tell you, since the theme of this podcast seems to be awards, I'm pretty excited about what we're going to present next. You say this one involves us? Welcome to Hollywood for the first annual Potty Awards. Um, Craig, really? Potty Awards? You know, like podcasting? Huh. Oh, yeah. That's it. And what's up with that weird accent? Just go with it, buddy. Tonight, we honor the Channel Podcast of the Year, as chosen from the 64 Channel Podcasts listed in a recent blog by Forrester analyst extraordinaire Jay McBain. To protect the innocent, we shall not reveal the names of some of the nominees. And the nominees are... Oh, this is so exciting! Coffee with Craig and Kevin, a Channel Partners podcast. Craig and Kevin, producers... Unnamed podcast number one. Unnamed podcast number two. Unnamed podcast number three. Oh, I'm on pins and needles over here. And the potty goes to... Wow, that really is an unfortunate name. Well, Craig, did, did we win? I'm guessing we're still in the rectangle of mediocrity. Yeah, let's just move on. Kevin, on a slightly more serious note... This podcast actually was nominated for a real award. As Lois from Family Guy would say, what, what, what? Yes, sir. We are on the short list in the digital delivery category at the upcoming Informa Awards, Informa being Channel Partners' parent company, being held in London next month. If we win, first, it's going to absolutely blow us away. And second, if we don't, well, this will be the last time it's ever mentioned on this podcast. <laughs> you got that right, Craig. And not to sound too much like an award show, and because there's a good chance we won't win, now seems like the time to thank people in lieu of an acceptance speech. Let's do it. I just want to thank the entire Channel Partners team. 
I want to thank where in the world is Edward Gately and our resident millennial youth of the nation, James Anderson, for their significant contributions. Of course, Craig, our guests. Where would we be without our guests? Not to mention the casties, the listeners. I mean, holy cow, I, I can't believe they've been with us this long. Thank you so much. And it's just, it's just too much to bear. It's just too much. I, I just can't. They like us, Craig. They really like us. <laughs> and we should probably also thank upper management for never actually listening to this podcast so that it will really stay on the air. <laughs> also an excellent point. Thanks, management. <laughs> we joke, but with hundreds of nominations within the company, we truly are excited about it. And definitely it couldn't have been achieved without all of the people you mentioned, Kevin, and more. Certainly, Craig, a new high for a podcast that has forever been setting new lows. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. All right, Craig, that's definitely enough about us. Uh, we've tooted our own horns a little bit too much. Uh, I wish I had a dollar for every time we've said that. Yeah, and then another dollar for totally ignoring it and doing it anyway. <laughs> I understand it's time for another of our recurring segments. It certainly is, Kevin. You alluded to it earlier. Our intrepid reporter Edward Gately on the road again last week, though he didn't have to travel far from his own home this time, as Avaya held its annual Engage event in Phoenix. So what you're saying here is, it's time for another edition of... Where in the world is... Edward Gately. Hi, this is Edward Gately, news editor with Channel Partners Online and Channel Futures. And I'm here with John Brinton, Avaya's Vice President of North America Channel Sales. How are you doing, John? Doing great this morning. It's great to have you at our event. Definitely. So my first question is, what have you been up to since taking this role? Well, I've been in the role for two months now. And, uh, you know, what I tried to do initially coming in is just, uh, you know, get to know our channel partners, get to know the team here, understand uh, where our partners are at, and really what our, going forward, our top strategic plays are for 2020. So I, it's been an exciting couple of months, and it's great to have an engaged event like this bookended at the end of that in order to be able to now take and externalize a lot of the plans that we've developed over the last few weeks. So how is this different from your role at Mitel? I have multiple roles at Mitel, but for the longest period of time I was responsible for our global cloud business, so that was more of the uh, overall organization and it was a responsibility for Channel in that with this opportunity. Th this is specifically channel focused obviously and uh, what people need to understand though here is the channel business at Avaya in North America is almost as big as Mitel uh, was as a company. So, so this is a billion dollar business in North America with our channel and it's exciting business and I think what I've been pleasantly surprised to is the upside in the opportunity here and just the great time for a transformation with our channel as the market changes. Now at the Partner Forum we heard that Avaya has been through four consecutive years of declining channel revenue. How do you reverse that? What's, what's the challenge for you? Well, I think that's a larger overall trend in the premise business that Avaya is just tethered to as that market uh, begins to decline. But I think how that reverses is we have really what we outlined as three uh, key opportunities to help drive that and change it. You know, one, obviously, what's getting a lot of the media here is our launch of a Avaya Cloud Office and our partnership with Ring Central. And having a solid uh, public multi-tenant cloud offer in the portfolio is going to drive a tremendous amount of uh, interest in volume with our channel. 
The second is for our enterprise base of customers, this migration from traditional capital expenditure and maintenance type purchasing option to more of a subscription option for our technology. So that migration to subscription with that base that then allows us to continue to add on and bolt on additional services as we expand our share of wallet with them, that's a big catalyst for this business. And, you know, I think it's just the right time for that uh, in the market. And it's a customer buying preference that most people would prefer. And the third would be, you know, Avaya has a great legacy in the customer service and contact center industry, obviously. And we've talked a lot at this event about the theme of customer service becoming multi-experience and the fact that it is an experience economy and most many consumers today will choose the buying journey and their affinity with the brand and their comfort with the company based on how they're treated over the product. And Avaya is like with our ecosystem, we're so positioned to be able to enable that for organizations that, you know, that to me is just also a really exciting way that we can make a meaningful difference for our customers. So those three things are really what I think the three catalysts are to drive change and help to grow the revenue in our channel. Can you elaborate a little more about the, the significance of Avaya Cloud Office and how that really represents a big opportunity for, for partners in the channel? So I think, you know, Avaya has has had, uh, you know, public cloud offers before. For various reasons, they have not been uh, as financially successful in the market as they should be. Mm-hmm. What I think is really powerful here is Avaya has partnered with Ring, and this is a deep partnership between the companies, uh, a very strategic alliance. If you look at Gartner Magic Quadrant, Ring is rated as having the most complete vision in their technology solution of any providers that are the leaders. Uh, Avaya has our vast channel system. We have as Vlad said yesterday uh, when he talked to our partners in the forum, you know, we, we really have real people in 80 countries to be able to assist customers. We've got a, uh, the large customer base and we have a, 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 the opportunity with our resources to help solve a need for some customers that are interested in the public cloud. And we think there's, and I will tell you, there's high demand for this. The, our funnel is growing tremendously and we're very excited about it. And it's just a, a good, solid partnership between the two companies. And at the market inflection point, because we are later in the cloud market, the market inflection point is that if you take a look at the uh, published industry you know, analysts' uh, compound annual growth rate over the next five years, the mid-market and enterprise sections of the, the, the pieces of the market are actually going to grow at a significantly higher rate than the VSB or SMB section of the market. Well, that's where Avaya's customers are. So I can tell you what we're seeing with Avaya Cloud Office is a much larger customer in the funnel and who's moving forward and uh, uh, purchasing the, the solution with us than what I think almost any of the vendors in the UCAS market have experienced. As far as Avaya's overall big push to the cloud, it's bigger than just a via cloud office. And yeah. are we going to see more, more oh, yeah. of that, more opportunities for partners from all of that? Absolutely. So at the enterprise end of the market, we have our ReadyNow cloud solutions, and mm-hmm. we'll be uh, introducing some changes to those later this year. Um, and that's a great for, for companies that want a more customizable uh, enterprise-grade cloud solution that's available. Subscription in our traditional deployments is, to me, it's kind of a pathway to the cloud, right? You move <laughs> a customer to a subscription model so they can kind of consume the goodness of your product and hopefully have some unexpected delights on the way and then uh, potentially migrate them to a cloud at a later date. So there's the strategy of a via cloud office 
subscription and ready now to kind of be the the cloud enablers. But there's a you know if you take a look five years out, about 50% of this market is still traditionally deployed. UCAS will be about half, traditional deployments will be about half, and subscription will play a big role uh, in those traditional uh, deployments as well. So I think we're well positioned for where the market's headed. Okay. Now, have you been talking to partners here? And if you have, what have you been oh, yeah. hearing from them? Do their questions, concerns, and sure. anything like that? Yeah. So over the last uh, two months, I've spent a tremendous amount of time with partners. I've talked with partners here. One thing at this event that's really exciting is we've also added a new type of partner, our master agents and agents that are going to be uh, sellers of a via cloud office. And we had uh, we have hundreds of those people here as well, in addition to our traditional channel. Mm -hmm. And the partner feedback is very good. I mean, you know, uh, I think people are in, in, in a mode of really understanding that this is a good strategy to kind of help drive the vision for the, the customer and the company forward. And, you know, I gave a bit of a channel vision statement yesterday in the partner forum, and that statement begins and it ends with the customer. And so I think it's important that our partners are sensing that we're aligned at delivering solutions that help them meet customers' needs, and we back that with a, a broad range of Avaya resources to help them be successful. So how much is, is riding on the success of Avaya Cloud Office? Is that like March 31st it launches? You know, how much is riding on how big it is? Well, I mean, the success of the company isn't riding on it, but it is key. it's a key strategic imperative. I think um, if you take a look at the three things I outlined for you this from a strategy perspective, they're all extremely important. Clearly, the market is watching to see how well we do with that launch and release. Um, I can tell you both companies are aligned with significant resources behind making it successful. Uh, Ring has 30 people, uh, over 30 people here at our event, mm -hmm. uh, including their CEO who spoke in uh, multiple sessions uh, yesterday. So, and uh, our CEO, Jim, and the team were aligned behind this. This is more than just uh, a traditional partnership. There's a significant investment in the business. So it's very important important to us, but it's it's not a make or break type of thing for Avaya. Avaya has a deep portfolio. Uh, we have obviously uh, where we see ACO maybe not targeting as much that enterprise, uh, the large enterprise base that we have at this point in time. We do have the subscription, our ready now capabilities, our contact center capabilities, and those things are going to, executing well across that is going to be what makes us successful. And making sure our partners are moving along with where the market is today and what, you know, the same, are aligned to the same strategy that we've laid out to them. And obviously, we're dealing with an extremely competitive landscape. We've got 5-9 right outside yeah. trying to catch people as they walk by. What does that kind of all say about what Avaya has, has going on, and then what's that means to their partners? Yes. Yeah. So 5 Nines has a coffee truck across mm -hmm. the street trying to attract our, our customers. Mm -hmm. Nobody told them that coffee's for closers, so, you know, they're trying to give away free coffee. But, you know, some people have been a little uh, put off by it. We're almost expecting them to, you know, come up and, you know, try to sign people up to the petition or whatever. But I think what things like that say, it shows you how awesome the customer base and the channel partner base is at Avaya. Because 
Avaya has the customers. They've got deep relationships with 91% of the Fortune 500 companies and, and brands like you wouldn't believe. I mean, we've had spokespeople from companies that are have spoken and will be on stage in the next two days that are just some of the uh, best brands in the world. And so, you know, I kind of take that as a bit of flattery for the company, but I think our channel needs to realize that their base is being highly targeted by other competitors, and so therefore they need to make sure they're in the game with their customers to have that customer engaged and that they're uh, providing them our latest solutions, that they're educating them to our roadmap, and that they're helping them on their journey as they try to solve their customer experience and multi-experience issues and improve their business. So for our channel, it's a call to action for them just to be on their A-game and understand that their customers are being targeted by other competitors in the market. Okay, now the theme of the conference is all in. What yep. should that mean for partners? You know, we spelled that out a little bit in our partner forum yesterday because we wanted to be really clear. We put significant resources behind our partners to sell with the channel, to enable them and to help them be successful. Um, you know, we have some you know very lucrative programs where we engage with our channel and they can take advantage of compensation and benefits that go to um, our strategic imperatives. And so we want them to clearly get the message that we're all in with our channel, and I'm asking them to be all in with Avaya, right? So we've, we've got a, a very clear and I think what will be a successful strategic intent going forward with our channel. And we're asking them for their commitment to Avaya. And the blessing is we have a lot of very loyal partners who take care of some of those tremendous customers and brands for us, and they are all in with Avaya. Um, and with others, you know, we need to you know, make sure we're working with them to get them to modernize their approach to the business, to be embracing these things that we're talking about, and to be all in with us. But we're, like, we're committed. We've got a level of excitement in our channel. We've got a level of engagement in our channel. And we're looking to drive to be successful with them. So to me, that's kind of the definition of all in. Okay. And then let's fast forward to Avaya Engage 2021. What do you hope will have happened? What do you hope to have accomplished by then? That's a good question because, you know, as you know, when the, the conference started yesterday, it was here two months. So it's been a, a rapid two months. So what I'd like to see looking forward a year from now is reflecting back on this year and being able to talk about really having that, you know, uh, powerful and uh, highly accelerated via cloud office launch to be able to see many of our partners and our largest partners in the enterprise space really have embraced and be successful in migrating to a subscription practice with Avaya as opposed to capital expenditure and then maintenance practice. And then to be able to see the progression of where we're at from our customer experience initiatives and driving multi-experience. I mean, we've, we have some great examples of customers that have taken our technology and implemented multi-experience uh, customer journeys in their organization here to be able to take that and duplicate it and replicate it. And the challenge with that, it, that does require a highly uh, high level of expertise in the channel and a high level of coordination in order to do that well together. So to see success in those three initiatives and then to be working from the springboard of where we are a year from now is, is the vision that I would have for uh, Engage 2021. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thanks. Have a great day. You know, Kevin, Ed has really been a road warrior already this year, hitting the Checkpoint event in New Orleans last month, Avaya Engage in Phoenix just last week. Of course, he and the rest of us will be at the Channel Partners Conference and Expo coming up in just a little more than three weeks. 
You know, Craig, I, I want to say we are apparently really big Mad Max fans because <laughs> Road Warrior is Mad Max's second film, where I believe Beyond Thunderdome would be the third movie there. Oh, we've got them covered. I like that. Fury Road. Fury Road? Yeah, I just oh. wanted to say that because that would be another Mad Max movie. But uh, Though I'm not sure how furious we are. You know, we're pretty fun-loving guys. Yeah, I, I was just saying it to get the fourth movie in, Craig. I think the whole audience understood that. Oh, Gotcha. But going back to what you'd said previously, it's funny you should mention the Channel Partners Conference and Expo, Craig. Is it really, though, Kevin? I feel as if we talk about it from time to time anyway, and already in this podcast. It's a figure of speech, Craig. Anyway, on the next episode of the podcast, we're going to take a look at the marriage of SD-WAN and UCAS, two of the hottest technologies in the channel, with our friends at CBTS, who also happen to be participating in the CP Expo. We're also going to take an even closer look at some of the great educational content at the show. A number of new sessions have been added since we discussed it last. But in the meantime, if you'd like to check out the archives of Coffee with Craig and Kevin, you can just search Channel Partners online in the search bar of SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can always find our podcasts on what, Kevin? The flagship ChannelPartnersOnline.com. Thanks so much for tolerating us for yet another podcast, everyone. We'll catch you next time. Goodbye, channel. And remember, a goodbye isn't painful unless you're never going to say hello again. Hello.